Is Michigan State football winning the offseason, or do they still have some work to do? We're going to look at five reasons they are winning, and then five reasons, well, hmm, maybe they're not. We'll let you be the judge, and of course, I mean, come on. I'm going to offer my opinions as well. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your Friday, or hey, if you're listening to this on the weekend, thank you for spending some of that with us here at Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Yes, we are well inside of the offseason for football here. We're actually just a week away from Michigan State's Spring Bonanza Palooza. I don't know if it's going to be a spring game necessarily next Saturday. I think we're still waiting to find that out at the time of recording. But, hey, you know what? It's spring ball. And a lot has happened in this offseason. And also a lot hasn't happened. We'll make some sense of that in a little bit. But we got to ask ourselves, is Michigan State winning their offseason so far? Um, of course, we're coming off a year where th- there wasn't enough winning to go to a bowl game. So, needless to say... Massive offseason for our Michigan State football Spartans to get the program back on track in the Mel Tucker era. Was it a blip on the radar last year, or is that a side of things to come? Well, this is going to be a massive season coming up starting this September, but before then, well, just everything we're here to talk about. Spring football, that's right. So we're going to see if Michigan State is doing enough to win in the offseason. And we're going to lay out five reasons why I think they are first and foremost. All right, we're going to start this on an optimistic note. And then in the next segment, we'll talk about why uh, maybe there's some work to do, but it's not overwhelming. I mean, I'll just spoil it right now. I'll cut to the chase. I think Michigan State overall is having a pretty solid offseason considering everything they went through in the season prior. So let's get down to it. Five reasons Michigan State is winning their offseason so far. Number one, we're going to go with the talk of the town right now. And it's the talk of the town for a great reason because it was a massive, massive factor into what MSU could and couldn't do in spring ball last year. And also, well, offensive line coach Chris Kapilovic, he spoke to the media. You probably saw a lot of his quotes throughout the week. So, yeah, they are kind of it this week as far as Michigan State football goes. So let's start right here with the offensive line. This is something that Coach Cap talked about earlier this week at media availability. We've been talking about it throughout the whole offseason, too. And you go back 12 months, Michigan State had seven healthy offensive linemen in spring football. And even that's kind of a fudged number. Um, it was five healthy offensive linemen and then two walk-on defensive linemen. They had to convert to offensive linemen just for the spring practice season, just so they can, well, practice. Um, that's not healthy, uh, both literally and figuratively. That's not a healthy place for your program to be. This year, though, they have upwards of 19 offensive linemen in practice, Coach Cap has said. Um, Gavin Brocious, uh, he's not one of those healthy offensive linemen he posted on Twitter. A picture of him in a giant leg brace and... Good God, uh, I swear if you are a medical rep that sells giant leg braces in the greater Lansing area, you hit your holiday bonus every single year selling those to Michigan State because no one has more leg injuries than the Michigan State Spartans during football season or in the offseason as well. But I digress, Michigan State still 
well over where they were a year ago with healthy offensive linemen. And, of course, it goes deeper than just, well, the numbers that you have practicing. You know, it is very important, too, but there's also been some big additions to this offensive line. Guys taking another step in the right direction in another year. But also, too, when we talk about the offseason and whether you won or lost, you have to talk about departures. And so far, from the offensive line, look, you lost Jarrett Horst, you lost Matt Allen. I mean, those are pretty solid guys. They did have a lot of experience here when they were available to play, but it's not like you're losing all Big Ten talent, of course. Uh, again, no disrespect to those guys. They were fine players when they were here, but you also return Keyshawn Blackstock, all right? Well, you don't return, excuse me, you don't return Keyshawn Blackstock. He's a new face, but that is a massive addition to this team and this unit, one of the hottest JUCO guys out there. Brandon Baldwin, okay, he gets another year. He played just fine, maybe even a tick above fine at left tackle in November last year. You have Spencer Brown, J.D. Duplain, Nick Samak, and also it's the guys behind them too that get me really excited because everything I'm hearing, uh, whether it's on the record, like what Coach Cap is saying about these guys, or just the whispers that you know you hear from people that really know what they're talking about. Gino Vandenmark looking pretty good. Christian Phillips looking pretty good. Ethan Boyd looking pretty good. Ashton Leppo, Braden Miller. Those are five guys that were underclassmen last year still. I mean, some of them are still underclassmen going into this year, but they are taking positive steps in the right directions, and they are on schedule. So how do you make hay in college football? I mean, heck, in all levels of football. Through the trenches, and Michigan State gets another year older in the trenches with some added experience and experience going in the right direction without losing a lot as well. Now let's flip it to the other side of the trenches for reason number two. Michigan State is winning their offseason. The defensive front. I mean, you guys already know this if you follow Michigan State football. That is going to be a strength for Michigan State this year. We're talking returners. You know, Chris Bogle, Simeon Barrow, Derek Harmon. Uh, also, Avery Dunn got some solid experience last season. Zion Young, who wasn't really supposed to play last year at all, played a handful. I mean, more than a handful of games at the end of last season. Maverick Hansen, of course, comes back for another year. But also the additions that you get with Tumasi Adelaide, the former five-star guy out of Texas. A&M. And yes, while it's far from a guarantee that he plays like a five-star, what we like about him so far, just before even seeing him take a snap in East Lansing, is just how versatile this kid is. You could take him outside, have him play on the edge. You could bring him inside if you really want to. If you want to speed things up, rush the passer. I mean, that's the nimble body that you want in there between the edge guys, if that's who you want. You also have added uh, depth with Jarrett Jackson, Dre Butler through the porthole. And also, um, you know what, I, it's not the defensive front, but it is part of that front six or front seven, however you want to classify it for Michigan State. You still do get Jacoby Winman back, all right? Aaron Brule announced that he came back, and you know, while he is, uh, you know, didn't have the greatest season stat-wise last year, I still think he's one of the better coverage linebackers in the passing game that you will find, especially if you're in Michigan State's situation and you're not really bleeding talent at pass coverage linebackers. You at least get him back. Cal Halliday returns, so. I mean, I just like what you see with this defensive front. Um, didn't lose a ton of guys. Of course, you know, you're, you're always going to... Uh, it seems like every year that you lose at least one solid defensive front player for Michigan State, but they also retained a lot this year as well, so I like what we see there. Now to ping-pong it back to the offense. We're going to swing it to number three of why Michigan State is winning this offseason. 
I, I love what they did with the running back room. Um, yes, of course, Eli Collins, fine player. You know, he really had great moments last year. But I think that they took a step forward between what they lost and who they gained. Of course, they lost uh, Jarek Broussard as well, but through the portal. All right, they added Nathan Carter. UConn running back, um, he is competing for a starting job. Like, from what I've been hearing, he, look, he's not Kenneth Walker, all right? And no one's ever going to be compared to Kenneth Walker. That would just be banana land to um, compare someone to a guy that could have won Rookie of the Year in his last season at Michigan State had he played pro then. But I digress. Uh, he has been incredible. He is powerful. He is strong. And speaking of that, you also got the Mangum brother. That is right. How fantastic is that from South Florida? You have Jerry Mangum, you have Jaden Mangum, both on the opposite sides of the ball. But the bigger body running back, uh, Jaden Mangum, uh, look, this is what you need if you're Michigan State. Because last year, an opportunity rate, stuff rate, and power success rate, all right, all those were outside the top 100 in college football. And I'll explain what each of those means. Opportunity rate means that, well, how many times are you getting four yards on a carry, let's say that it's first and 10 or second and six, how many times are you getting at least four yards there? Stuff rate is the percentage of times you are getting stuffed at or behind the line of scrimmage and power success rate is when it's third down or fourth down and two yards or less to go. What percentage of the time are you picking up those first downs? Michigan State was beyond the 100 mark in all of those metrics. And yes, it's not all on the running backs. Some of it is on the offensive line, but how can you battle that? With some big-bodied players like Nathan Carter, a guy who had some of the most yards after contact last year in just four games at UConn. Or you get Mangum in the mix, bigger-bodied running back. That is going to aid the running game, of course, with uh, Jalen Berger. Uh, Coming back, vying for that starting position as well. But I think you got a good three-horse race there to see who's going to get the bulk of the carries. I think it'll be split. Okay, you're going to have Berger and Carter splitting the carries at the start, and then you bring in Mangum for the third down running back when need be. But, yeah, pretty healthy situation compared to where you were last year because it was evident early on that, um, uh-oh, this, once again, in short yardage situations is not going to work out great. We're going to need some beef in here. And uh, Michigan State got that through the portal. Uh, we got two other ways that Michigan State is winning this offseason here. And then some reasons to think about, hey, maybe why they're not. But first, need to talk your ear off about FanDuel Sportsbook. Gang, it is still a fantastic time of the year to get in on the action. Yes, we said goodbye to March Madness. Um, Thank goodness, because boy, was I giving this ad money straight back to FanDuel during March Madness. But hey, having a great time doing it. There's also Masters going on. we got NHL playoffs coming on. We have NBA playoffs coming on as well. And if you are a new FanDuel customer, this all gets even sweeter for you because you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, that is back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers drain. Combine it all together with the same game parlay for an even bigger payout. It is fantastic. And if you want to mix and match some sports in your life, if you want to mix in Masters, if you want to combine it with NBA, do so. Get yourself a bigger payday. You've earned it. So what are you waiting for? Don't miss out on the chance to get in on your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Now let's get back into the mix here. Two more reasons why MSU is winning their offseason. This will be a little shorter than um, the, the first three that we went over. This is more so off-the-field stuff. And number four is that you didn't lose any back-breaking transfers necessarily. Um, of course, names that we know left for the portal. Uh, Jeremy Bernard, okay, that's probably the biggest name that is coming to your mind. Uh, former four-star wide receiver. Um, solid start to the year. I mean, he scored the first touchdown of the year. And don't get me wrong, f fine player. I, I, I wish he stayed overall. But at the end of the day, I think that first touchdown of the season for Michigan State that he grabbed maybe clouded us a little bit, perhaps because... Um, he only had six more catches beyond that the rest of the season. Um, again, highly touted prospect. He's got a lot of college career left, but really struggled at getting any separation the rest of the season. And that's kind of why you only got six balls to end the year. But that is the biggest transfer you lost, all right? You didn't lose any other big names that you're seeing walk through the door and you are just losing sleep at night because of them. Um, that is no disrespect to uh, hey, kicker Jack Stone. You know, kick that 50-plus yard field goal against Penn State, and Lord knows we could use a kicker. We'll get more into that later. But also saw him miss a fair share of kicks as well. Uh, Michael Fletcher, Chase Carter, Deshaun Mallory, those are guys on the defensive front, all names that we know, but they were more so depth pieces as well. Yes, they saw an uptick in their production last year, but I think that was more to do with all the injuries that Michigan State had on the field boosting their playing time, their reps, and now they're on to better things. And wish nothing but the best of them. But yeah, overall, I think Michigan State did solid overall at who they lost through the portal. And then the fifth reason MSU is winning uh, this offseason actually stems from something that you could see as a loss, and that is Marco Coleman and Brandon Jordan leaving the program. Of course, those were the only two coaches uh, that left. They did so on their own accord. Uh, they were not fired. Marco Coleman going back to his alma mater at Georgia Tech, and then Brandon Jordan leaving to the NFL. But the reason I say this is a win is because I think Michigan State did a pretty good job at mitigating the damage there. Um, there's turnovers on staffs all the time. Um, and if it's guys leaving on their own accord, all right, well, you got to try to bandage up that hole as fast and as well as you can. And I got to say, with Dyron Reynolds uh, being the defensive line coach they brought in, everything that you hear around the industry about this guy is nothing but the best. And he's coming from Stanford, which, as we've talked about beforehand on this show, comes with its own limitations of what you could do as a recruiter, um, but still was able to coach them up pretty well. That defensive front was really strong in a really, really good performance against Notre Dame last season. Um, and even before that, was at Oklahoma for a cup of coffee, and let me tell you, Oklahoma fans and Oklahoma players were not too thrilled it was only for a cup of coffee. They wanted him around for longer, so I think Dyron Reynolds is a really good veteran coach that you plugged in there, and speaking of veteran coach as well, Jim Salgado comes from the Buffalo Bills, uh, spent time at Princeton, he's been coaching for almost 30 years, defensive backs coach, and I just you know, really enjoy that they kind of focus more so on the defensive backfield with that coaching hire um, to round things out. So that's what I have for 10 reasons why Michigan State is winning the offseason. Now, let's get into th uh, five ways that, eh, okay, maybe Michigan State can really help themselves here in the rest of spring camp, or maybe it's already too little too late, and then we'll just decide amongst ourselves if Michigan State is uh, happy with where they are in the offseason. First and foremost, well, let's talk about the biggest storyline, quarterback. It's quarterback. Like This still has to be figured out, and it's not going to be figured out anytime soon. I would be shocked, shocked if there was a starting quarterback named as we leave spring practice. I think that this will be dragged out into fall. 
um, for a few reasons uh, for benefiting the team. Uh, one, okay, if you name a starter in the spring, you're going to see at least one other quarterback, if not both the other guys that did not get the job, say bye-bye and go to the transfer portal and look for something else. All right, And also, too, I mean, here's a here's a phrase that D'Antonio really popularized in his time here, but iron sharpens iron. Or maybe that was Ken Manny. Regardless, whoever uh, popular, popular, oh my God, I can't talk. Whoever made that a famous quote, that's right, the last decade here at Michigan State, that kind of helps here because you're going to want this competition to bring out the best in both those guys going forward. And look, I know that everyone's got a strong opinion of who they want. Um, I, you can view this as a win-win. You can. Like, hey, if Thorne wins the job, all right. Well, it means that he truly earned it. Uh, what Jay Johnson was saying the other week, uh, that you know Thorne still has some ceiling to hit, it's really great. Maybe the offensive line uh, is going to band together, be another year stronger for Peyton Thorne. Or if Peyton Hauser wins it, then, well, okay, you got your future right there. The kid's just a sophomore, and everything that he was billed to be as his four-star quarterback with a big, strong body that he could run with and also an even stronger arm that he could throw with. Things are looking pretty sunny in that department. So whatever shakes out there. And also Noah Kim, too. Okay, we, we Kim, Kim was him at some points of last season. That's right, absolutely gave the beats to the Akron Zips. So I uh, don't want to miss his name as well. But, yeah, you just got to figure out this quarterback situation and um, – Hopefully it all goes smooth. You know, hopefully there aren't any uh, pitfalls here that you have when you do name your starter. But yeah, I mean that's just one big thing here is that figuring out who a quarterback is kind of an important job here for a college football program. Um, number two, here is a position the group that you've heard me cry about, um, almost literally cry at the end of last year, and that was a kicker. All right, and that was your punter. You, you've you've lost one. You've lost Bryce Berenger, your punter. Your all-world punter should have won the Ray Guy Award. And then, well, I, you didn't lose a kicker. Like, you, well, yeah, you did in Jack Stone. But the point I'm trying to make is that you didn't really have a kicker to lose. That you're going to be sad of losing. Um, let's start with the kicker situation. Uh, <laughs> um, look, played a factor in last season, and yes, there were a lot of factors. In not just the season, but the game against Indiana, where you you could have won that game, uh, not just you know for what Ben Patton did or didn't do at the end of that game. Like offense could have made another play, defense could have made another play, but by and large, um, you make that field goal within 30 yards. Michigan State go, does go to a bowl game, but we all know too it goes far beyond that one game. The kicking position was a complete Chernobyl disaster last season. No one ever found their footing. Uh, fans, by the time October rolled around, kind of figured that when the field goal unit was out on the field, we, we might as well just knee the ball and give it right back to the other team because it was abysmal. And I don't know if Michigan State did enough this offseason to put a giant patch over that wound. You got Jonathan Kim outside of North Carolina. He's got a strong leg. He's also attempted like one extra point in his last two years. He was more of the kickoff specialist. Entered the transfer portal because he wants some place kicking opportunities. But I, okay, like, yeah, you came to the right school for them to try to find them. The, the competition is not fierce here. It's clear that we need another kicker. But can can you can you kick young man? I, I I don't know if you can, but and we're gonna really need you to. And also the punting game too. I mean, I, we are going to learn how important a punter is because Bryce Berenger was amongst the best in the nation, if not the best in the nation, and behind him, like, 
Who do you got? I mean, we really don't know. You have Michael O'Shaughnessy. He's a transfer from Ohio State. Uh, Ryan Eckley, redshirt freshman as well. O'Shaughnessy had one punt last year for 41 yards. Solid. That's good. Really low sample size, and I think there's a reason that maybe he was a backup, but I don't know. Maybe one of these kids blossoms here, but yeah, I'm just worried about all things foot in the game of football, whether it be the kicking position for a wildly understandable reason and then punting just because of how much you lost with Bryce Berenger departing uh, for the NFL draft. Also, I would like to see a little more safety depth. Um, And this is something that, you know, we could all disagree with or agree with. This is up to you. But you have Malik Spencer. You have Jaden Mangum. uh, You have Justin White. You have Dylan Tatum. Um, God, you know what? I think I just realized I I got Jaden mixed up with Jaron in the running back segment. Okay, we're oh, oh, we got five months to learn how to decipher that. Anyway, uh, Jaden Mangum is the guy that is going to be the safety. Um, and when I say Dylan Tatum, um, it, it looks like he's going to be vying for that nickel position. But if one of those guys go down, well, Dylan Tatum might have to slide back. But that is the thesis of this all. Is that with the young guys, Malik Spencer, Jaden Mangum, Dylan Tatum, if he has to, the older guy, and Justin White. It's it's really all you have at the safety position, and I think. When Michigan State gets out of this spring game, or even beforehand, um, they should already have their eye out for it. going to be a little hard because, well, okay, this, the spring game is what? I think it's the 16th or whatever the Saturday is. The transfer portal window opens the 15th, um, and I think Michigan State will have their eye on safety depth. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go out and find a Jordan Poyer or a guy that's going to be first-team All-Big Ten. Like when, when the spring rolls around and the transfer portal opens, that usually means those are guys that see themselves second, if not third, on the death chart, don't like that, and want to go see if there's anything else for them out there. And that's what Michigan State really needs, though, is maybe like an upperclassman from another Power 5 school that's on the two deep at his school and uh, wants to find something else. Maybe we can sell him, hey, you know, you'll be on the two deep, but you might get some good reps here because these are young guys ahead of you. This is a, a long way of saying that a really bad, like, acting job by me selling a fake recruit on something, but like I, I would just like to see more safety depth. Um, maybe it's because I'm also scarred from last season too. I, I don't know if you guys remember it, but like it, it looked like D-Day out there uh, at the safety position. Everyone was dropping. It was terrible. Um, they, they almost you know reached into the crowd and grabbed me out of there to play safety by November. It was not good. So yeah, any safety depth behind those guys um, would be appreciated. Um, also, you know what, speaking of depth, depth too... I wouldn't be opposed uh, for more linebacker depth. Hey, like we talked about Jacoby Winman, Cal Halliday, Aaron Brule. You also have Quavion Carter, Ma'an Nao Teote, uh, Jordan Hall as well. I just don't know how ready those guys are. Ma'a probably, uh, hopefully, a little bit ready. I mean, this will be his third year here for the former four-star guy. But also Darius Snow, too. And that's the tricky part, too, because, like, yeah, devastating injury for him last year. And while... You hear that, oh, he's going to be healthy, he's going to be back. It's like, how? what kind of Darius Snow are we getting, though? Are we going to get the one that we watched for the last few years, or is this going to be just like a 60% uh, or version of him? I don't know. So, like, I wouldn't be opposed to more veteran linebacker depth as well as we go into the spring transfer window, and maybe that's what I would do. Uh, I would go for the safety. I'd go for the linebacker. You only have right now, as it stands, three or four spots on the scholarship um, MSU will probably shed some kids too after the spring practice, but yeah, that's where I would go shopping first is safety depth, linebacker depth, and then also maybe third receiver depth. I 
I don't know that this is one thing that I'm a little iffy on to, um, whether MSU is winning in this or losing in this. And sadly, I don't think we're going to get an answer here until the season starts. But look, I, you lost Jaden Reed. And it's not you have to replace Jaden Reed because Keon Coleman slides up to that spot. Trey Mosley, Mr. Reliable, okay, he's he's there. You know, like he's, he's solid. He will be a solid number two guy out of the slot. But... Who's going to be your third guy now? Um, because Keon's going to get a lot of attention, and it'd be great if you can get someone somewhat dynamic out of that Z spot if Keon is at the X or vice versa. You're hearing a lot about Jaron Glover, uh, that he's doing good things here, a little under-recruited kid uh, not too long ago. Christian Fitzpatrick, the six foot four big-bodied receiver, injured most of last year, but... You know, that'd be fantastic if he could be something. Uh, Tyrell Henry, who I'm pretty high on. Uh, I, I like his game a lot, but, you know, can he actually do it in this fall? And then Antonio Gates Jr., uh, Cade McDonald one time for him. That's right, the Wolverine Slayer from that COVID game against Michigan. Let's not forget about that. But that's, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of this is is depth issues and big holes that Michigan State still has on the two deeps, though. I think, like, starting-wise... They're, they're solid almost everywhere. Of course, like we just talked about, you got to shore up the quarterback thing. But, again, we we saw last year how important depth can be. I mean, by, by the time September was even over, I, the, the injury list was, was longer than any shopping list that I've had in the last year. Um, so, it, yeah, depth would be fantastic. Uh, it's great that all the young kids got a lot of time on the field last year, but... Man, um, let's say one of those guys go down. Like, yeah, I would like just someone that knows what they're doing back there. I, call me crazy, I know. And then I was going to throw this one in as a bonus here. Uh, you know, just, hey, is Michigan State winning the offseason or not? It'd be nice to have a recruiting director. Again, I, I don't know. I, yes, they did just part ways with uh, Saeed Khalif. And I know um, I'm really giving MSU no time here to go hire someone else. But, I like, that would be just great to have some stability in the recruiting department as we're going into spring ball. As we're going into the summer, and then before you know it, the fall season, like, like, call me crazy, I know. But I would just like some semblance of of good news to be had in the recruiting department for the next year and beyond, Um, again. But hey, you know what, despite me rubbing my face, and despite the stress in my voice talking about uh, what we just did for MSU's offseason, I think overall... It's still a positive offseason for Michigan State, and I don't think that I'm drinking Kool-Aid that's dyed too green. I don't think my glasses are too tinted emerald right now. I, I think that overall, with who MSU lost, but more importantly, who they kept and who they gained, I I, th- I think it's a solid offseason. So, got a, a lot to talk about. We will be talking about the spring game, bonanza, open practice, whatever it is this Saturday. We'll talk about what recruits will be visiting later in the week. Yeah, we got a packed show coming up or a packed week of shows coming up for you next week. Uh, as you guys already know, it's locked on Spartans. Whether there's news, um, eventually Malik Hall and Tyson Walker are going to announce their decisions. Maybe Joey Hauser stuns the world and announces that he comes back. I highly doubt it, but you never know. There's never a slow day here in East Lansing. You know where to find us for all the news, all the fun. It's Locked on Spartans. Please, everyone, enjoy the weekend. You guys have all deserved it. You guys are truly the best. Love you all. Go Green.